It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Reds have regained a playoff spot the same way we said they'd lose a playoff spot three months ago. We'll tell you why this pitching strategy could actually get the Reds to the postseason on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all platforms. I'm Stephen Offenbaker. That guy over there, over there, is Jeff Carr, and we are have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We have taken our love of the game and our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. I want to thank those of you that are everydayers. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. Get into the comments. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think about this Reds team. Let us know what you think about exciting, relevant September baseball, because we want to hear from you, because we love talking baseball with you. It's what we do. On today's podcast, we are going to dig into how the Reds have once again clawed their way back into the final wildcard spot. We're also going to dig into Connor Phillips and his second big league start. Uh, You may think that he did better the second time around, but there's some people that won't agree with you, including Connor Phillips. We'll tell you all about that coming up a little bit later in the show. And then finally, we're going to do some scoreboard watching because that's what you get to do in September when your team is in a playoff race. So we're going to look at how all of the other National League playoff hopefuls did last night. Before I get into any of that, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Today's episode is brought to you by those folks. They can allow you to empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. All right, Jeff, let's dive into this thing because our Cincinnati Reds have once again clawed their way. They've, 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 they've clawed, they've crawled, they've fallen down and gotten back up. But here they are on September 14th, tied for the final wildcard spot in the National League. We back. I, it's it's a nice feeling because it feels like forever we've been like man they're only they're only a game and a half out they're only two and a half out they're only you know whatever it is it's always just felt oh they're so close but now they're currently tied with the Diamondbacks which means they have a spot because they own the tiebreaker with Arizona and you love to see and the way that the Reds have made it back is through good bullpen pitching we have been saying for about three months now, that the starters need to pitch deeper into the games. We need to start seeing some six-inning starts, God willing, some seven-inning starts. And while Graham Ashcraft was providing that for a little bit, ever since he's gotten on the injured list, we really haven't seen a whole lot of that from this starting rotation. And yet, the bullpen remains rock solid. The bullpen remains like a huge strength of this team. Steve, As weird as it says, and as much as history would say this is a folly, I think the Reds can do this the way that they've been doing this and get to the playoffs. 
No, I think get to the playoffs. I mean, if we're talking about get to the playoffs versus win a postseason series, absolutely. They can do what they're doing right now for the the next the 15 remaining games that there are on the schedule, and they can get to the postseason. You and I have talked about this. We'll get into it in the third segment when we do a little scoreboard watching. They're absolutely capable of getting a playoff spot. And hopefully by then, the starting rotation is bolstered and gets a little bit better because the starting pitchers as a whole for the year overall – have not been great. 23rd in Major League Baseball in innings pitched at 727. They have the height, the eighth highest walk rate in baseball and the third highest ERA in the MLB at 5.39. So, I mean, but remember, those include Luke Weaver's starts. Those numbers include Luis Sessa's starts. Those numbers include Connor Overton's starts. So it's not quite as bad as it looks on paper, but it's not been great. Yeah, it's one of those situations that I think at the end of the year we're going to have an episode where we review the starting rotation for the season, and we're going to look back and be like, you remember when so-and-so got that start? You remember when we had Carson Spires start two games uh, in, in the season? Yeah, like so many different dudes have gotten the start for the Reds this season, and it's not been a stability thing. That's going to be a huge thing for the offseason that Nick Crawl needs to figure out. But with that all being said, um, the Reds are still in a playoff spot right now. How? Because of the bullpen. The bullpen has been so phenomenal. And we have constantly, there's been so many people, and we're among them. We have not been sitting here saying that the bullpen can keep this up. We've been saying it's going to come crashing down eventually, and it hasn't. In fact, they might have gotten a second wind the last month. They have pitched so well. And, and I found this to be interesting because the big question that most Reds fans have had is, do they have enough? Because let's face it, coming into this season, we didn't think they had enough. And for some reason now, those same guys are the reason that the Reds are in the place that they are. So when Lucas Sims was asked post-game, if the Reds bullpen has enough pitching, he gave an amazing answer. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got enough arms. We got enough dudes down there. Yeah, we'll be ready. Hell yeah. Friend of the podcast, Lucas Sims, loves this bullpen. Well, and, and there's good reason to love this bullpen. You look at the last month. You're, you're talking about this rejuvenated, or maybe not rejuvenated, but reinvigorated Reds bullpen over the last month. Ian Jabot, three earned runs in 11 and two thirds innings, 14 strikeouts, three walks. Buck Farmer, two earned runs in 14 innings, 12 strikeouts, three walks. Your boy, Alexis Diaz, one earned run in 10 innings, nine strikeouts. Now he has walked five guys and we've talked about this. He kind of needs to cut that out. Uh, but he's still money as your, as your closer out of the bullpen. Uh, it goes on, Jeff. Lucas Sims, one earned run in 10 and two thirds innings, 13 strikeouts, six walks. And then Sam Mull, the, the gold glove candidate. Awesome. If you watched, if you watched the game yeah. last night, um, I don't know game. if you, I don't know if you, uh, followed my, my Twitter feed, uh, last night, Jeff, but I got the opportunity to go up to the Reds television booth for a couple innings during the game and I was in the booth when he made that catch on the mound and I thought Sadak was going to jump up out of his chair he was so excited it was a great play um, and, and shout out to, to both John Sadak and, and my buddy Chris Welsh for uh, facilitating my visit to the booth and letting me hang out with those guys uh, great time out at Comerica Jeff uh, there were a ton 
of Reds fans on hand. I mean to tell you, it might have been, you know, you take the entire crowd, it was probably 60-40, 40% Reds fans in the crowd. Lots and lots of Red at Comerica Park last night. I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'm guessing Chris was having a time watching that play because that was that was Sam Maul reaching out through the force. That was Darth Maul reaching out through the force and just making sure that glove was right there to grab that grounder because that could have been an interesting play at a very bad time to make an interesting play with the runner on third base. But just so so huge there. And the thing that I look at, and this is a statistic that – Anyone who really dissects the numbers of pitching looks at when it comes to the bullpen, inherited runners, how good are the Reds at limiting inherited runners from scoring? They've allowed 29% league average is 31%. They've allowed 29% of inherited runners to score. Now they have had the most situation. Now what an inherited runner is, that's when a relief pitcher comes into the game and there are already runners on base. That's an inherited runner. The Reds have the most of that in the major leagues, and it's not really that close. They have 283 inherited runners. I think second place, I think I saw was like in the 220s. So they're way ahead of everybody else because the bullpen has pitched so much this season, and they have done let's, such let's, a good let's, job. Let's reinforce that point, Jeff, because what you just said was the Reds are roughly 2% better than league average on preventing the scoring of inherited runners, yes. but they lead the league in pitchers coming into the game with inherited runners on base. So the numbers are skewed a little bit there. The performance is actually better than it looks on paper. And if you look at the teams that are right around where the Reds are at like 29 and 30%, you're talking about the Dodgers. You're talking about the Rays. You're talking about the Braves. You're talking about the Orioles. You're talking about really darn good teams. So this is a statistic that the Reds are really darn good at with them. And I think that it is key when you look at the fact of can this bullpen keep this up? Can the Reds do what we want them to do and make the playoffs with the way the bullpen has had to pitch this season? The question, I think, is answered with a yes. Yeah, there is one concern kind of looming now. Um, we all saw – I know my heart sank when I saw it happen. I, was, I, I started texting you right away because I was in the stadium, so I couldn't figure out what exactly went down. But TJ Antone did leave the game last night with the trainer. Uh, because I haven't had a chance to listen back to the broadcast, what do you know about his injury, Jeff? So it was after he gave up the walk, the two-out walk there, and I forget the hitter's name, but uh, he gave up the two-out walk. He looked into the dugout. It was like not like a glance. It was kind of like one of those where it was just like, hmm. And it was after that look that Derek Johnson came out to talk to him. Derek Johnson might have got five words in, and then David Bell and the trainer were out, and then it was moments later that he was taking out. Now we learned after the fact, it was probably about 20 minutes after this, they said that he was removed from the game with right elbow discomfort, which that is, that is, that just sucks for yeah. any pitcher and let alone a guy that's had two Tommy John surgeries. But I mean, and, and the good news is there is a range of outcomes that includes him not hitting the IL that elbow discomfort was just, maybe he felt something a little bit weird, but let's be frank, that's like a very small percentage of what elbow discomfort ends up becoming. And I really hope for the best, really, really hope that this is nothing that they were just super precautionary and they got him out in time. I just, I, I don't know. Like when you hear elbow discomfort, you don't think he's pitching tomorrow. 
Yeah, and and you know, you and I just talked about this a, a few episodes back of of how happy we were, you know, never mind about the Reds and baseball, but how happy we were for TJ Antone the person, for TJ Antone the player to to have that moment and battle back from the second Tommy John. So, you know, for for TJ Antone the person, the man, I really hope that that elbow's okay. That you, as you say, it was just a little minor something that he felt, and in an abundance of caution, they shut it down, and and that he'll be okay. Um, uh, we'll definitely. Stay on top of this, though, for our, our listeners and viewers. Uh, we'll be back in tomorrow's episode with any updates as the Reds provide them about how TJ Antone's arm is. Next episode, and, and also make sure we'll be on subtext as well, giving you updates on subtext as they come in. Make sure you join us on subtext. Got the link down in the description below. But it's clear that the way this Reds bullpen has been pitching, it's the biggest reason that the Reds are where they are, and I think that this will continue. But you know, we're just getting started. And coming up next, we will try to make sense of the mixed bag of Connor Phillips' second career start. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is always what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Remember that if you can't be down at the ballpark to catch every pitch of the Reds game, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. And if you'd like to support the show, you can join me on subtext. Just text GoReds to 513-597-0944. You get texts from me. You can text me your thoughts and your questions. We'll have some Q&A shows where our subtexters get uh, first dibs there. So if you want to check that out, got a free 14-day trial if you join today. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Lockdown Reds show where the Reds sweep the Tigers. Stay tuned. But Steve, uh, we saw the second career start for Connor Phillips. Connor Phillips, it's, it's been a lot of fun watching him develop, watching him come up through the minor leagues, had a great conversation. We reference this uh, every time we talk about Connor Phillips. So if you haven't watched this, I don't know what you're doing, but there's a great conversation between Steve and Connor Phillips shortly before he got the call. And it was kind of one of those weird starts for Connor because he didn't go five innings in his second start and he ran his pitch count up in the four innings that he did pitch. And it kind of felt like a step forward, but it also kind of not depending on how you looked at it. Yeah. You know, we talked about this, Jeff, and, and what we said was that for it to be a successful Connor Phillips start, we wanted him to allow three runs or less. And we wanted him to go five innings. Now he did only allow three runs, but he only made it through four innings. He pitched into the fifth, but did not record an out in the fifth inning. So when you look at the start, 
just by looking at the box score, when you look at the line, he, he fell a little bit short of the quality start of the good start that we needed from him, but he did keep the Reds in the game. He did leave with a lead, even though he didn't get through the fifth inning. So from that standpoint, it is successful. Uh, listen, this is what I've been saying about Connor Phillips all along. And, and I maintain this is still true. Uh, this is much more like the uh, evolution of Brandon Williamson than it is the evolution of Andrew Abbott. Uh, yeah. Connor Phillips was called up out of necessity. The Reds really did didn't have another choice. They simply needed an arm and Connor Phillips happened to have one that works right now. So he's not quite ready for prime time, but I think he's tremendously benefiting right now from being at the big league level, from yes. facing major league hitters, and from getting to work with Derek Johnson and the coaching staff daily at the big league level. That's only going to make him that much better next year when he's truly competing for a rotation spot. So if Connor Phillips continues to be this guy, the guy that we saw last night, the rest of the season, maybe one to two more starts, I think. I'm okay with that. Uh, that's all we need him to be right now. But I really want to see from him is to take everything that he learns in these starts and apply it to his off-season workout program and come into Goodyear next season raring to go and win that fifth starter spot that's going to be up for grabs. Yeah, and he's the kind of guy, there's, there's a level of prospect, and he is on this level, a tier of prospect that, let's be honest, AAA isn't going to do much for him. We talked about that with a number of different guys. I mean, Ellie was one of them. You'd, some different guys like that where it's just like, give him a little bit of reps at AAA and then bring him on up to the major leagues. That's when he's really going to develop. And kind of why I was talking about, you know, step forward, step back, there were some things to be excited about, and there were some things that got to kind of question and see where he can develop in. The, step, the, the positives, the step forwards that I saw kept the Reds in the game. I mean, the, his first start gave up. Quite a few runs there on a few different swings, and the Cardinals were able to get a bunch of runs on the board against him. He did a much better job limiting the damage. He did allow base runners. There were plenty of guys on base. He had four walks, gave up some hits and things like that. But when they got on base, he kept them there. He, he did not let the damage get too bad for him, and he was able to get three strikeouts in that. But you look at the step back and the, and the things that you're like, hmm probably not so great. The four walks, like I mentioned in the four innings pitched, he only had, and this blew me away, Steve. I don't know how you get three strikeouts and you only have one swing and miss, but he only had one swing and miss that, that blew me away. That stat right there. And he gave up a lot of contact. In fact, according to Statcast, and I'm getting these numbers from Statcast, according to Statcast, every pitch he threw in the strike zone that was swung at was hit. Every single pitch in the strike zone that was swung at was hit. That's that uh, the one whiff and the one thing. I think those are a little bit fluky. Those probably average out in his next start. But the biggest thing, and, and he talks about this in a moment. But the biggest thing for me was he was pitching from behind in a lot of counts. A lot. Yeah, of he counts. he was not very pitch efficient at all. There was there was way way too many cat and mouse games going on at the plate. And I don't know if that was just a lack of feel on his part. I don't know if his, you know, pitchers talk about that. Sometimes the ball just feels different in their hand and, and they lose the touch for their pitches. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if he was just a little bit more tired coming off his first big league start. Uh, pitchers also talk about this, that when they pitch with a lot of adrenaline, sometimes their arm doesn't bounce back like it normally does. So it could have 
been that could have been, you know, just, there's a lot of could have been there, but what we know is he was not pitch efficient. He, he worked a lot of, there was a lot of full counts. There was a lot of counts that he pitched behind and you're absolutely right. And those are the kind of things that I hope that he, he uses as a learning experience and builds out his game from that. And this was something because, you know, I heard some takes on the post game show and different things like that where they're like, man, we saw Connor Phillips take a step forward in this game. Connor Phillips doesn't agree. I fell behind a lot of guys tonight, um, which is something I didn't really do in the first outing. Um, you know, the, the runs weren't as much in this one, but um, it felt like I didn't pitch as good as the last one. Uh, the last one I got burned on two pitches. This one is kind of fighting all night and uh, just make it as far as you can. You got to feel for a guy, and I, whether you're a prospect or whether you're a, a grizzled vet that's pitched many, many years, on outings where it's just, boy, another three ball count, like that's a mental toughness that I that's where That's where your pitchers really separate themselves from ama- like good to great to amazing are those pitchers that can really buckle down in those situations. That's something that he'll learn, and I think that kind of like you said, th- this experience that he is gaining is – almost invaluable at this point. But I I do think I kind of go back to this. I'm just like, I don't think as much as I was hoping that we would see him later on in the season earlier this year, I don't think he was ready to be called up. But like you said, who else were they going to call up? Were they just going to give another start to Lion Richardson who we've already seen? Yeah. You or me or, you know, whoever was Chris going to come down from the booth and pitch. Like, I mean, who knows? Like that's where the reds were at the point that they had to call him up. You know, you're absolutely right. I'll tell you, there are some positives in that clip, though, that you played, Jeff. Uh, The first thing is I like his ability to evaluate his own performance realistically and truthfully. And and he did that there. Um, It would have been very easy for him to say, well, you know, a couple of them got away from me, but we powered through and I got out of there with a lead and and the beat goes on. But he didn't say that. He he pointed out where his deficiencies were. Uh, That makes me that makes me uh, hopeful for what he's going to do with the information. You know, the other thing that he had there that he said and that I agree with is, you know, he recognizes that he had to fight through it. It wasn't one of his great starts. He didn't have a feel for his stuff, but he was able to dig in and he was able to push forward and and the moment wasn't too big for him. And that is exciting because you can't teach that. You can't, you can't coach that, you know, you've either got it or you don't. And clearly Connor Phillips has it. There was one other thing too, and I forgot to write this down in our notes, but something that I would point in the, the positive column, this dude has a ton of spin on his pitches. I was looking at so the the spin rate that they were reporting on Statcast, the average spin rate of his fastball is more than the average spin rate of the four seam fastball for one Luis Castillo. Just just you know, kind of a thing that I saw and 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 I, I I find that interesting. You know, one thing's for sure, Jeff. Connor Phillips is a raw prospect. Yes. But he, he, he probably isn't going to have enough time this season to figure everything out, but he's going to be, uh, he's going to be in the running next year. He's going to be in the fight for that fifth spot in the rotation. And I think he has demonstrated to us that he has the, the pitching smarts to take what he's learning this season and apply it to the off season and come back ready to go. Uh, you know what, Jeff, the reds aren't done yet. I don't know if you noticed or, or heard, but, they currently hold the fifth, uh, the final wild card spot. And if the playoffs started today, the Reds would be in. But uh, here's the fun that comes along with September baseball. 
you get the scoreboard watch. So we are going to dig into that scoreboard and we're going to talk about all of the out-of-town National League games that matter to the Reds that went down last night. We're going to get into all of that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains can be very fragile at times. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and even foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of their board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. In addition, you will be able to send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you the peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to the medication you need in an emergency. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use the promo code Locked On. All right, I am heading back out to Comerica Park today to watch the third game of this three-game series. Hopefully, we're going to be celebrating a sweep. If you're out there, come find me. Say hi. I would love to talk baseball with you. But remember, if you can't join me at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Also, don't forget, you can follow this podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you click subscribe and the notification bell so you never miss what we're putting out there because we love talking Reds with you. Uh, Join us on our Discord community if you want to talk some more Reds baseball with us. Great community of folks over there talking baseball. There's some off-topic stuff, too. There's gaming. There's a Bengals channel. We got all kinds of things going on. If you want to join us, there's a link down in the description. Head over there today. We want to hear from you. All right, Jeff. The scoreboard isn't quite as good last night as it was the night before, but it's not all bad. Let's start with the most important thing. What you need to know is the Cincinnati Reds are now tied with the Arizona Diamondbacks for the final wild card spot because Arizona lost to the Mets 7-1. to Beautiful. Thank you, Mets. And hopefully they roll over this weekend as well and do, do us all a really double favor, lose to the Reds and beat everybody else. That was great to see. And, and the fact that, yes, if you want to get technical, and probably somebody already has in the comments section, the Reds are tied with the Diamondbacks in the standings, but the Reds hold the tiebreaker. That's why we're saying they're in a playoff spot right now because they got that tiebreaker. And other good news on the evening last night, those Chicago Cubs lost again to the Colorado Rockies. That's right. Oh, they are now you, Colorado. They now hold just a two-game lead over the Reds for the second-to-last wild-card spot. There's still room for the Reds to move up, and that is exciting. Uh, and not so good news, Jeff. The Marlins, uh, they beat the Brewers 2 to nothing, And the Giants, well, those Giants walked it off in extra innings against Cleveland. So those two teams, the Marlins and the Giants, are now tied with each other and trail the Reds and Arizona by a half game for the wild-card spot. Here's where we're at. There's five teams, two spots, all within two and a half games of each other. It is going to come down to the wire. 
Huge conglomeration there. You know, that going back to that Cubs thing, have the have the Rockies won two in a row very much this season? I don't feel like oh. they have. Like as as sucks. they say down south, bless their hearts. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh thank you so much, Colorado. Uh no, that the, here's the thing. The Reds aren't that far back from the Cubs. And to be honest with you, I've always thought that there is the possibility that they could catch the Cubs. So here's my question to you. And here's my question to uh, the folks uh, in the YouTube comments section, or if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on this. If the Reds are the final wildcard team, they have to face the Brewers in the wildcard round. They have to go to Milwaukee for those three games. If the Reds are the number five seed, so the second wildcard team, they would then face the Phillies. They would go to Philadelphia for three games and face the Phillies. Should they win that series, they would then play a seven-game series against the Atlanta Braves. So my question to you is, would you rather them be the final wildcard spot, face the Brewers, and then face the Dodgers if they win, or would you rather them be the second wildcard spot, face the Phillies, and then face the Braves? I would rather be the second wild card spot. Uh, this team travels very well. They play very well on the road. I would rather go to Philadelphia and and win that series on the road and get me a piece of the Atlanta Braves. I want a rematch of that 22 inning debacle from the COVID season postseason. And really, the big reason why I don't want to play the Brewers at all is because they are in the Reds' heads. Yes, I don't want to deal with all that They're psychological stuff. If we got to face them somewhere else in the playoffs, that'll mean the Reds have a couple playoff series wins under their belts, and then it's a different narrative. But if they have to face the Brewers in the first playoff series with these young players, I think it's going to rattle them a little bit. I don't want to do that. Give me the Phillies. Give me the Braves. And if it comes down to it, we'll play the Brewers in the National League Championship Series, and I'll be ready for them by then. I just feel like I don't I, I don't know like I really want that revenge against the Braves if that could happen. I I think the Reds could take anybody in this playoffs uh that's coming up. I feel like the Reds are a very dangerous team coming into the playoffs, but I am kind of with you. I feel like if the Reds face the Brewers, there's a high likelihood that we're all watching those games just sitting there like you know, yep. blank blank face, wide-eyed, not blinking thinking about our life choices, really reflecting on our lives as Reds fans. And, but Hey, the, the point of this, like the Reds have a big opportunity here to get postseason experience for this young, talented core that we are going to expect the Reds to be a playoff team next year. They were not expected to be a playoff team this year. So if they make the playoffs, they're playing with house money, man. Like whatever they do in the playoffs, if, if they get swept, which God forbid, but if they get swept out of the playoffs again, we're not going to bat an eye last year. We're going to be celebrating all off season long with how this season has gone because you're getting that valuable playoff experience for these guys but they're going to make some noise. You can bet on that. No, I, I think so. And listen, here's another piece of this, Jeff. Uh, these Cincinnati Reds know that they can play with the Atlanta Braves. Every game that those two teams played against each other, they scored runs. And the Reds, while ultimately losing every game they played the Braves, lost all of those games by one run. And you can go back to every single one of those games, and there's one play that you can identify in those games that would have changed the outcome of the game. And we'd have a whole different narrative. I think that I believe the Reds can play with the Braves. I think that you believe the Reds yep. can play with the Braves, but most importantly, 
I believe the Reds believe they can play with the Braves. And that's why I want that matchup. And that'd be a heck of a matchup. I mean, the Reds, or the, I'm sorry, the Reds, the Braves just clinched their sixth straight division title. And I think it's the quickest. I, I think I saw this stat. It's the quickest that they have clinched the division since like 1969 or something like that. So it's like super, like this team is one of the all-time great Atlanta Brave teams. And you think about the great teams that they have had throughout their history. So there is a huge juggernaut waiting in the NL playoffs, but I'm absolutely with you. I think that this Reds team can really shake it up. And it all goes to that bullpen. Like if you have a good bullpen in October, you can beat anybody, anybody. That's what happened for the Phillies. The Phillies bullpen figured it out late in the season last year and got them all the way to the World Series. And they did have some decent starting pitching. And maybe we can get, you know, we can get Hunter Green in a groove and maybe we can get a couple guys in the groove here. And I'm just talking myself into this at this point. But like I'm looking at this and I'm saying this team can play with anybody in the postseason. I believe that. Absolutely. And on that positive note, that is probably where we should go ahead and wrap it up for today. But before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast. If you're not going to join me at Comerica Park today, Uh, all you got to do is download the SiriusXM app and search the word Reds. That'll wrap up this edition of Locked on Reds. Thanks as always for making us your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next Locked on Reds. Will the Reds sweep the Tigers? Stay tuned. And until they, until we are back, Steve, what can they expect from you and me? Well, we're going to keep monitoring what's going on with TJ Antone. We're going to keep uh, up to date on all the statistics in this bullpen. We're going to keep scoreboard watching. We're going to gather all that information up, bring it back right here to keep you locked on Reds every single day. Jeff, if you get in your car right now, you can meet me at the ballpark. Tempting. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.